1: Permission to board, please. Permission to come aboard.
2: Permission to board.
1: Permission to board.
2: Do I have some permission to board that sweet mother ship? This is the Permission Granted Podcast. Here's DA. Like right, welcome inside the Permission Granted Podcast, everybody. Thanks for being with us. Thanks for downloading the most recent edition of the PGP. The Permission Granted Podcast available on iTunes if you search Permission Granted. Also, you can check this out on Facebook. Facebook.com slash The DA Show, and on Twitter as well, DA on CBS. Mraz will tweet this out, and we'll tweet it out from the CBS Sports Radio account as well. So thanks for being with us, and uh, a big day today on the show because we unveiled number 10 of the 12 DAs of Christmas, which was Mraz's Giants meltdown at 0-2. And And I wonder, Mraz, if maybe this was slated a little bit too low at number 10, when we unveiled it to Andrew Kaplan-Cap on the WatchDA.com simulcast, he's the head producer there, he was startled. He said it was easily a top five. Uh, I think you're maybe a little too close to the situation for great. this, but uh, is it possible that we ranked it too low? I think it's completely possible,
1: and I would agree. When we do these 12 DAs and we figure out who goes where and you know who's placed where, if you will, in the bracket, the committee comes together. I find myself in any moment that involves me, and I'm sure you probably feel the same way in any moment that's directly involved to you, where you don't want to come across as too much of a homer. So you back off and you, you hear what the committee says and you go
2: and you go with it. But you're totally fine being a homer in everything else and called yourself a pop culture phenomenon. Yeah, but when it comes to certain things, you know, I don't want to rattle off and go, yep, look, those
1: five moments I had, those are the best five moments of the year because then I'm really, I do have some human bones in my body. So when this got elected as number 10, I backed off and I said, oh, it's totally fine. Gun to my head, do I think it deserved to be higher? I thought this was my—I think personally this was my most entertaining moment of the year. And this was a year in which I said Betty White smelled like roast beef. But I thought this was my most entertaining moment of the year. But it's at 10, which is fine. I wonder, though, if there was some kind of blowback. Because last year, if you remember, the committee voted my Chipotle rant as number one in the 12 DA— And there was one member of the committee who thought it should not have been number one, which was you. So I wonder, though, if there was kind of some behind-the-scenes shuffling that, no, 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 we had the Chipotle rant last year at number one. We're not going Giants rant. Not only are we not going in at number one, it's getting buried this year.
2: Well, let's ask this question. What was the better rant, Chipotle or the Giants? I think they're a lot closer than you probably realize. I'd probably still
1: go Chipotle. I think I would, too. Drop dead is a little bigger than whose fault is that.
2: Yeah, which is now your two most famous drops. <laughs> but yeah, so that's that's where we stand. But I'm totally fine. It's cool. Number 10, I'm fine. Well, you have many other moments in the top 10. It wasn't like you're not featured. I don't know that. I haven't seen them unveiled yet. Have you? Yes.
1: we try trying know. to hold back the secrets no, here. we know
2: them. I We're, know.
1: We have already declared what they yeah, are. Yeah, there are a few of them. I'm, now, to be honest, I'm completely forgetting what they are. But that's probably a good thing. Because I want to be surprised when they're played. Well, we can't be surprised because we have to organize them and play them. I have
2: a list in my backpack. I know when they have to be played. So I think we have to do this poll. We still haven't done this yet.
1: Uh, we yes. We talking about it. Yes, we should absolutely. We should do the poll as I'm putting up the PGP in a little bit. Mm-hmm. Maybe if you want to take the Facebook. Take one less thing
2: off my plate. Of course. I mean, You know, I got a big day here. So on that point, today marks five years of you being hired as the executive producer of the DA show. And... It was so appropriate that on in the day that we celebrated the fifth year, year five, you say about doing this poll, you know what? If it makes the show better, I want to do it, and uh, even if it means more work for myself. Mm-hmm. And two of your direct peers and colleagues laughed as though it was a complete punchline. You had Tom D., who works on the Rome show, behind you, mm-hmm. laugh, openly laughing and shaking his head. And then the body of Bellotti next to you laughing on Mike. So how does it make you feel that the guys that are your peers are laughing when you say, you know what, uh, I will take on more work if it means it's better for the show? I have a philosophy on this. Mm-hmm. Is that is that the right word there? And we have really beaten to the ground about your quote-unquote laziness, but I just think this is interesting well, since it was year five that we celebrated today. I will say this.
1: Pete Bellotti, as much as he takes pride in his work, you don't want to ask him to do much more. He complains all the time in the newsroom about doing extra work. And Tom DiSaliceano really works hard without appreciation on the Jim Rome show, and hates doing any extra work. Like when he has to do their their cuts because they're already in L.A., all they do, but those two, is bellyache. I think what happens here is a lot of people behind the scenes at CBS Sports Radio feel underappreciated, feel like they do too much work for frankly not enough pay. And I think the problem is much like a union rep, I've become the spokesperson for that. So then when I flip on it and say, yeah, you know what, I'm going to do the best of the show, they laugh knowing, I wouldn't do that either, but you're the spokesperson. Go get them. I think they see a little bit of them in me.
2: Oh, I don't think so. Oh, I do. Oh, I I I do. I don't think so at all.
1: I think if you had another producer besides me on staff for the last five years, you would be probably blown away at either... Their lack of work ethic, just like mine, or a worse work work ethic. Work ethic. I don't think the show would be better off without me in the last five years. I think you're going to see a lot of the same as far as uh you know drive and push goes. Well, then maybe we're hiring the wrong guys around here. Maybe I don't you... think it's the, I think you hire people with the good intentions. You know, well, I think it's people lose their luster very short. And you yourself, I got to be honest, as a host, you're a great in-house motivator. It's the company itself doesn't make people rise to the occasion. <laughs> well. I think you do a great job as a host of, of getting your staff into it, involved. I, I really do think that's a credit to you. But I think it's a, I think it's a CBS Sports Radio thing, or maybe a radio thing in general, that you have all these people with all these golden dreams when they get hired, and six months in they go, "Get me out of here." But they're not leaving because DA. Let's be honest. We look around. We got no other skill set. <laughs> think any of us are joining the plumbers union? We got no. We don't know what to do. We don't work with our hands.
2: We watch sports and turn on microphones. We have no other life skills. So this is interesting. You actually don't think that your peers view you as any lazier than them. They actually just say, oh, yeah, you're saying the same the same company line that I would say. Yes. I 100% think that's the case. I am the spokesperson for laziness in radio. <laughs> for, and I speak for everybody. Which is so ironic because we are at the top of the profession here. This is network radio, network syndicated radio, and you probably have more motivated, ambitious people than in local radio at small radio stations across the country.
1: Oh, I would say so. All dreaming to get here in the big city of New York, only to a couple months in, go, I'm better off throwing on an Elmo costume, getting in <laughs> Times Square, taking pictures. I think that's where we're at here in life. S- not a lot of men here. <laughs> I mean, we want to go behind the scenes. I took you behind the scenes.
2: Yeah, you did. Yeah, you did. Okay. All right. That's all you got for me? Uh, <laughs> I think this is a... If this is true, it's a cold, hard realization that I have to come to deal with. That everybody around here is as... Uh, Do you really think I don't work that hard? You know what I think it is? I know if I give you a, a task your intention will be to do the task. I know that your intention is, if I say, Meraz, do this, your intention will be to do it. Oftentimes, you don't work very hard to make sure the task is done unless I really hammer it. So, like, if I tell you once, I got to cross my fingers it gets done. That's funny. I could relate to this to yesterday, but go on. If I ask you three times, more than likely it's going to get done. If I ask you ten times in a row, it definitely gets done. But in in the in, mm. in this... In this, if I ever were, if I was ever hoping to come into work and somebody brought an idea to the table to push forward or something like, oh, I didn't think of that. Yeah, we should do that. You saying, you know, we could do this. We could do that. I know I'm not going to get that out of you. So you you willingly putting more work on your plate is not going to happen. Oh, okay. That's fair. You enacting a task will happen as long as I really push it and hammer it. And, mm. you know, that's the thing that are, you know, how does ambition start? Well, ambition isn't that you just do what you're asked to do. Ambition uh, is you're pushing yourself. And so, uh, you know, I mean, look, I, I think that we're a better show having you as part of it because you do take direction. If I remind you 10 times, you will end up doing it. You won't You won't fight against it saying I've got a better idea or I resent doing it. Right. So I appreciate that. Um, so I think you're good, like... You can execute the play. I think from a personality standpoint, you're more valuable than anybody else in that newsroom. You just bring more personality, funnier, just a funnier persona. You're quicker. You you have really funny analogies. Your life is like a Kevin James sitcom. I mean, that whole thing is of way more value than anybody else could bring to the table. And, and everybody knows that. That's why you've been voted the most funniest Wally of the year by Joe Waller. Three for years running. Three years running in the studio. So, I have to balance it out of knowing that you bring more to the table in that way than other people can bring. I think they're called intangibles. Okay. Yeah. Okay. You bring more intangibles in terms of just strictly executing a play or, you know, pushing behind the scenes. I know that that's not where your strength is. So, Hmm. I think we're a better show because we're a more entertaining show. I don't think we're necessarily a better show because we're a more buttoned up show okay no I,
1: I will accept those criticisms and come back with this okay number one yesterday you hammered home to me and I think this is fair to air that you wanted me to talk to bosses about Bart Scott joining us in the playoffs because he will be joining WFAN right. Every single time over the two and a half hours I was able to, when our boss came back from lunch, he was on several conference calls to the point I was getting annoying and hovering outside his office. By the time it came time for me to leave, I will be honest with you, I have yet to ask him, but I had you in my ear go- and I had, was sweating like, if I don't come back with him an answer a Bart Scott, I'm going to hear it. So to say, you know, I will accept the play and do it and you have to ask me, you asked me once and I was all over it That's there. That's cool. Now right. the end it all be all. Is, I don't have an answer for you.
2: <laughs> Number two, I think, so you were long scared, story short, you were scared about getting the answer, but ultimately you never got I the never answer. Never got the answer, but the attempt was there. Number two, I
1: think, I think there's a little bit of a glass house with you. Mm, okay, and I uh, I feel comfortable saying this in the PGP. There have been several <laughs> times, and might I add, far less times that happened with me. Where you, you say you need to remind me about a bunch of stuff mm, and do that—that's fair. I point no no further to today. Mm. I think I got up to the eighth time from seven a.m. on that I had to tell you about doing a sports minute early, yeah. and it didn't get done till eleven a.m. That's right. And that can get frustrating, but I understand because I, it's frustrating to me. And this happens often with you, whether it's it's liners or certain stuff. And then in the end, when it comes back, it's well, you didn't, you know, you forgot, you didn't remind me. It's. I reminded you four times. I just didn't eventually remind you the last time to get
2: it done. And it's how many times do I have to say something? That's very fair. Yes. Um, You know, what ends up happening with me and how I do the show is I immediately prioritize everything. Everything just gets slotted. Mm -hmm. And so doing that minute, the CBS sports minute feels to me to be like the fifth, most important thing of the day. Right. Even though you need it at a certain time, it gets slotted behind Right. where
1: in the eyes of bosses, it might be the most important thing of my day.
2: Right, and so when it gets slotted, it goes immediately from you asked me to like, okay, that's number five, and then I have to make sure I do one, two, three, four, and then we get to five. And today it was, um, I was looking at George Springer stuff, and um, there was a couple other things. Oh, during break, we wanted to get um, something for the web stream done for cap for Springer, and um, there was something else. So, yeah, so it just ends up getting slotted at five. Which I get. And then you need to. I totally agree, need to ask me five times for me to get five, jump back up to one. And then I feel
1: uncomfortable because it's like, all right, well, I've asked you five times. Now I'm coming across as a nuisance here.
2: But have I ever
1: said, get off my back? No, you haven't. To be fair, you totally haven't. I'm not trying to put that on you. I was just trying to revert to say that, and that's not the first time that's happened. In my defense, I feel like you do a lot of the same, which is, hey, I keep you on top of you. You keep me on top of me, where maybe I get punched a little too much
2: without you looking in the mirror. (laughs) That's uh, that's possible. Uh, I will say, though, that, like, you, you'll you say like, sorry if I have to tell you 10 times like we got to go to this break or we have to tease this or get to this. And I don't mind that at all. I mean, the more the more in my ear, the better because it keeps reminding me of the stuff so that number five stays at number one or number two instead of getting dropped down into five. So I don't really mind that, but that is true. I got to get reminded a bunch of times. I'm sure that it happens in my personal life with my girlfriend all the time. Like, I, hey, I told you 10 times we are going to go to see my parents this Saturday.
1: I would also say that and this is not meant to me pat myself in the back, but it's to put. when I hosted those two shows, there was a lot of stuff, the little stuff that I was supposed to do told by, I guess I would say my producers there, that yeah. got lost in the shuffle because I was on top of things. So I think I can now ironically relate to that and understand where you're coming from, which almost makes me feel weird to say. And now also, I was going to add point number three to the three things you ripped me for yeah. as far as like coming to the idea with tables to push up. You were not going to ask George Springer about Giancarlo Stanton today, and I had to get in your ear That's to true. ask you. Yeah, that was so, very good. That was at least a decent job by me as a producer. <laughs> decent, I would say. Uh, yeah, no, that's true. Um, what was I just going to say? Uh, Girlfriend, shopping, no. Christmas. Just throwing words out there.
2: Yeah. Something about reminding you. I don't know. It'll come to me. <laughs> the ultimate irony. <laughs> yeah. Well, this has actually been very productive. I feel
1: like we got a lot off our chest yeah, It's here. good. It's been good. Oh. Oh. This just made me think of it. We got to do Festivus.
2: The airing of the grievances.
1: We got to do the airing of the
2: grievances. Are going to do that on the air or do the PGP? No, no, no. We should do it on the air, on the
1: show. We did it. We did it last year and it was a big hit. We played the song. We was have that the... last year?
2: Yeah. I thought that was a couple of years
1: ago. Maybe it was two years ago. I think it was two. Oh, and then we never got a chance to do it because of vacations. We got to look at the last day. All four of us are here together. Right. And we got to do Festivus. That might be next Wednesday. It's got to be a segment. <laughs> Maybe the only segment I've ever suggested in the history of the DA show, but I think it's—I think as long as we're airing grievances
2: now, it brings up why don't we do it? Because but you know Baladi's going to have a lot to say about us. There's no question. The airing of the grievances is a bit from Seinfeld where Festivus is a made-up holiday, and it's about the airing of grievances. And when we did it, it was everybody gets to gripe about the other person that they work with. So it's just us in a studio on the air complaining about the other person. And about
1: pretty much stuff that involves work. It's not yeah. your normal Trash Tuesday like right. Pete me in something on Instagram. This is something specifically to everybody's work ethic or problems. Yes. And I think it's real healthy going forward in 2018 for the show.
2: Yeah, yeah, I like that idea. So, okay. Festivus. Let's do that. Oh, I was going to say something about stacking things. Oh, priority-wise. Okay, Mm -hmm. so when you're hosting the show, this is what you found out, is that hosting a show is much like survival. Mm -hmm. You have to start stacking priorities because if you worry about the third most important thing, then the first most important thing, you're dead. You're coming out of a commercial break and like you don't know what you're going to say. You're going into a segment and don't know you know, what you're talking about. You have a stat that you need to go to that you haven't looked up and you've got to get to that stat. Uh, You don't know who you're going to interview, so you have to look up a couple of questions or something, things like this. Hosting is like survival because you have to deal with the most important thing right there, right now, because there's no taping. There is no, oh, if I mess up. It's just on the air. And so that's why I think my brain starts calculating that way when you just start stacking in your brain. Okay, here's the five most important things. Number five, like the like the sports update, right. the sports minute doesn't get – we just tape it. It gets edited. It gets run later in the day. I don't have to worry about coming back from break and knowing the score of so-and-so. Right. So you learn that as well when you were hosting is that you need all these people to say like, hey, this is coming up or you have to read this or make sure you get this in here. You've got to do this before that. This is what's coming up. Like, you've got to deal with all of that stuff, like, on the fly and process it right there, right then, and everything else becomes ancillary. I completely agree. I learned that. So, that I do feel for you in that. But,
1: you know, I take on two roles here. I'm a producer. So, I will just, uh, I'll keep hammering away and reminding you. Oh, and it also should be said, you know, something that stuck with me last week, you know, as long as we're, we're out here, I feel, I feel semi-attacked and, and, uh, not attacked. That's the wrong word. That's a little vicious. I am very concerned for my livelihood on the DA show now that you feel because I'm getting hosting opportunities that I will not put the same work into the DA show. The lack of work that was already there you feel will get worse. And I got to calm you down there. I can't fail at this job because I need the damn salary. And you know, I, don't want, I don't want bosses taking away hosting opportunities thinking that I'm not prioritizing this show.
2: Well, I'm glad you're thinking of it that way. I really am. Because those that are in the producer's chair that want to be on air. Once they get a taste of the on the air, they don't want to do producing anymore. On air is way more fun. And so now that you're going to get, you had two overnights during Thanksgiving, you'll get four overnight shows during Christmas week. Mm -hmm. My vibe is, and you're being talked about in other roles as well uh, on air wise, that you might just start going like, yeah, I just want to prepare for my show and do that. And I don't really care about producing because that's not as, invigorating to me. I'm not as motivated to do that.
1: All right. I'm going to say something very corny here, and I don't intend it to be corny, but I am entirely serious. I think you are 100% accurate in most cases, except for one major factor. Mm. I have so much fun on this show. Okay. It's not like working on another show where it's just about booking guests, answering calls or whatever. Like, I enjoy coming to work and working on the DA show every day. Mm-hmm. Like, I la- you know, it's like I'm with four of my best friends laughing for three hours. So why the heck won't I want to prioritize that or do that in the meantime? It would just be miserable and and worry about maybe hosting
2: a show once a week. No, I want to have fun on the show. So I I'm not going to lose that part of it. Well, that's great to hear. I know when I was a producer, when I, my first job and I was producing, I was a little like I just wanted to get on air so badly that at times I would let my producing ambition go down and I and I that's the one one of my big regrets. Like I wish I booked better guests when I was a producer. I wish I put more into it. But I was so consumed by how am I going to get on the air because I just need to get on the air that I let other things slip under the under the table. And I could see a lot of producers doing that because I could totally relate to that. But I'm glad to hear that that's not in your wheelhouse. I mean, I don't know. If you got more shifts and then you got a regular show, maybe that would happen. But I would hope not. Yeah, but I would think I would only get to that point where it would come a time, on
1: you know, if that ever happened, where I'd have to
2: leave the show. It would never I would never allow that to overlap. Jeez, I don't want that happening. Well, let's say you got a weekly shift. and Let's say it was Saturday overnights or something like that, and you had to prepare for the Saturday overnights. Would it be possible that the Thursday going into the Friday DA show, you might, instead of doing 100% old producing like you used to, do 85 and put 15% of that towards preparing for your show?
1: I could see that point, but if that happened, I think I would overload the days ahead of time looking ahead to that, if that makes any sense.
2: Okay, so it wouldn't be out of disinterest. No, and I and believe me, this is something
1: that's crossed my mind. I thought about it, and I wanted to pride myself on not having that happen, so it's in my head. So when I heard you bring that up as a cause for concern, I said, not so fast. I think, okay. you're, mis- I think you're misreading me.
2: So Bogus is in the studio now. Uh, Bogus, do you think it's a, a valid concern that if Mraz gets more hosting jobs or hosting shifts he's going to have four shifts over christmas mm-hmm. that we would have to worry about his commitment as producing to this show more
0: so than you do already <laughs> uh, yeah i mean i i think it's only natural uh there's only so many hours in a day and so much you can you know direct your mind towards uh, i would think maybe one is is doable but any more than that might become you know a small issue you don't have to just find a new kind of groove to get into and make sure he gets all of your stuff done before Focusing on the uh, the Mraz extravaganza.
2: So I'm not worried about time management because everybody has to figure out time management. Right. And, and I've certainly taken on probably more jobs in my life than I, I had necessarily had time for. I'm talking about disinterest, where he could become disinterested and say like, well, it's, it's just annoying to produce. I want to host.
0: I would think that whatever he feels now, and I feel like that would already be a battle for show. I mean, it's a battle for me. I don't want to write updates every every day. 13 minutes on on the network and welcome to play it a new podcast network featuring radio and tv personalities talking business sports tech entertainment and more play it at play.it so i think that's always a battle that we get into and you're trying to find and take that next step in your career and i don't i don't think a show will necessarily like exponentially jump his desire where all of a sudden he's going to get I mean, the easy thing was say more lazy or lazier, but I don't... Well, I that's don't, the
1: thing. It's, it's harder for me to get lazier. Right. I mean, how, how far yeah. down could he go here? Exactly. No. You said it, not me. Um,
0: so, yeah, I mean, I don't, I don't think that much would change.
1: <laughs> I I don't either. And also, I would say, boy, this has really become a deep PGP here. It, re- it, it really has. What And, did la- and last
2: week, it was deep about, about Pete Bellotti.
1: And by the way, you look around, we got three hosts in the room here.
2: Huh? What did I miss with Bellotti last week? <laughs> It was about how Bilotti felt overlooked here at CBS Sports Radio. And when Katie Linendahl brought in the Mario pajamas, he got really welled up because he was being recognized. This was something specific to Pete. Yeah. And that's why Pete and I connect is because we both feel great pride in putting on a good product, but that Pete needed some recognition that, hey, he's really good at what he does, and nobody was telling him that.
0: Yeah, I think sometimes, and if I'm ever in a position to, you know, to be a boss – uh I think bosses sometimes like forget how like those little tiny things can make a difference. I mean I've said it all here, like, you know, we're in what month eight of crazy construction. I mean there was a time we thought Sean had the black lung from all the <laughs> dust flying around. <laughs> I might have it again, by the way. And like, you know, it it's it's part of life, it's part of the of of the deal here and everybody deals with it. But like would it have hurt somebody to like buy three dozen donuts and throw them around the newsroom and go, sorry that it's crappy here, guys? It smells like burnt metal some days, other days there's a layer of dust on your computer, like just little stuff like that, I think goes a long way. And sometimes it's forgotten to get done.
2: Yeah. I, I think that's, I think that's totally fair. So Bilotti has probably felt overlooked his entire career mm-hmm. and he needed just a little bit of recognition. And Katie Linendoll helped bring that to us with Mario pants, which was uh, very deep. And so now we're getting deep into Marez. We're getting deep into me and we, we've already
1: really gotten deep in and I, and this goes back to the cookie thing with Baladi, but I guess what I was going to say, round it all back here into form is that good hosting. Unlike other shows and their producing roles, DA over these five years has given me an opportunity and a voice, if you will, a personality that I don't consider myself like the regular producer. So therefore, this is another avenue for me to get my, you know, my dumb personality out that why the heck would I want to slack off on that and lose that avenue? Because if I lose that avenue and then I'm only doing one weekend overnight, uh, you know, that's not going to make me any better at what I'm doing in my career. So I'm going to work my ass off to make sure I don't lose that avenue.
2: That's very good to hear. I That's very – I appreciate hearing that because, I, you know, you don't know. If a, if a guy starts getting a little taste of the celebrity bogish, mm-hmm. you know, you could end up going down the road of wanting to ignore all the other stuff.
0: Yeah, I mean, I, I have confidence in Sean that for all the crap that we give him, um, when he's here, he does what he's supposed to do, and he takes things seriously. But no more. But there's also – that's a – that's, a, that's, a, that's a, the, it's a 50-50 thing. The other half is he can become a complete monster – And just completely go south on us and become, I'm a host, I'm above
1: this, I need to host five days a week, get me out of here, stop bothering me. No, but see... And I have a new segment. We know a lot of egomaniacs around these hallways, and if I ever said that, what would the reaction be? Everybody would just laugh, because you would feel like I'm kidding anyway. Mm. So even if I do become an egomaniac, it's going to sound like I'm joking around (laughs) anyway. (laughs) So you got a good cover.
2: Yeah. I do think there's something where, I think you do care what your peers think about you, even though you kind of be... Even though you play kind of the, the funny Kevin James I'm so stupid type of thing. Twice he's called me Kevin James here. Well, because he doesn't. I mean, Moraz really does feel like he lives in a Kevin James sitcom. Yeah, and you love Kevin James. You like totally, watch Kevin Can Wait last night right before Mother Night Football. Yeah, you totally relate to him. Uh, that I do think you care what Bilotti thinks. I do think you care what I think you cared what Joe D thought. I've I think, cared my whole life. It's part of the reason.
1: And now I'm gonna really send you go. Really. To this. That's part of the reason, again, it's going to sound like I have an ego, that I was very popular in high school as well because I always cared what people thought about
2: But me. you didn't care what people thought when you were the manager at Subway and scratched your balls and served out Meatball Heroes. You know why? Because I don't
1: think I cared about that job. I think it was just that it was a paycheck, and I they kept promoting me for no reason. <laughs> So I was going to be that way, and just like I didn't care in the beginning of college when I was cutting classes to get egg sandwiches. I cared a lot in my youth, and now I care a lot now because I realized when I started working here, this is where I was probably going to end up the rest of my life because I don't like change. So I want to make sure that people like me. I don't want to be hated. It's the last thing I want.
2: All right. So my concern was all the years that you didn't care in high school and scratching your balls at Subway would carry
1: over. It to happened that. like three times, by the way. At
2: <laughs> but you said by the time you were regional manager of uh, the Subway— you totally had checked out and you hated it. Right. Exa- well, of course.
1: Would you hate having to mop floors <laughs> and make sandwiches for ungrateful bastards every day?
2: Well, I mean, I guess there's some people at Subway that are
1: happy. No, everybody is miserable. So you're everybody- happy if you're 16 years old and it's the first check you make and you're saving up your first car that costs $1,000. bucks. you are not happy if you turn around and you're 25 years old there going, oh, no, where did I go wrong in life? Well, so that was a good grounding experience for you. For sure. Now, listen, I loved the people I worked with. I'd love the idea that I had
2: free food every day, but the work, no, nah, it was minuscule. So, Bogus, do you find it hard to be motivated on a daily basis?
0: Um, no, because I, I, I mean, we, we, we do a job that people hear and see. I mean, I can't, there right. are days where I'm annoyed and, like, nothing's going on, and I feel like I've said the same thing 19 different times. Um, but I don't, ever, I don't ever want to sound that, like, that on the air. So I think the days that are crappy, I think I can fake it pretty well. I mean, I would never let, um... I don't. I don't think. I hope not that I would never let me being in a bad mood for whatever reason come across. Um, now I might sometimes use it on the air, um, to kind of, especially with Geo and Jones, where uh, I can be a little. You know, I've got a bigger window to to be a jerk. Jerk. Okay. No, I mean, I, but I, if I'm in a, I can go in there and play it up. I'm in a bad mood, then it gives them twenty minutes, you know, ten minutes of content. Um, but I uh, But if, but that's on purpose. Um, the days where I feel like writing an update's the worst thing ever. I still write a good update because I just can't
2: let myself not yeah. do a decent job. I consider you a pretty pros pro. I don't ever feel like you slack off. And I I don't know, are there update guys? I mean Well from the update uh, perspective, Jay my Berman?
0: my pet peeve is yeah. and I've always done this wherever I've been and it's gonna sound stupid but to me it means something had you know living it, I would say ninety nine percent of my scripts are 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 fresh. Now it's the same stories But I don't cut and paste. I don't recycle one from, you know, some guys will write four. And then they are just kind of spin them through. Because in theory, the same people aren't listening the entire time. So so someone's not going to hear it again and go, oh, that's the same one. But I write a new script every single time. For some reason, that means something to me. And, like, I guess I kind of snarkily judge people who. Who don't do that. Well, you
2: take the job really seriously, which is why I think you're considered the top anchor that we have at CBS Sports Radio. Whoa, you do all this other bad. stuff. How about that? I think yeah, so. Speaking of top anchor, if you have to walk out at any no, point No, I'm in done. Update, I'm free. Oh, okay. Yeah. Good. But I, I think Bogus is considered that.
1: Oh, I would agree. I would agree. Thanks, guys. There are other people who would consider themselves that who don't realize they are not, but they'll go nameless.
2: <laughs> so... um and and you do a lot of stuff on the side as well. So you've probably always had a broadcasting ambition. You probably yeah, always I mean, I, want to do more.
0: I, I went to Fordham to do this. I mean, to be in radio slash T V. This was always the intention. So even again, to go back to your your first question, on the days where I'm really pissed about what I'm not doing, I remember that I never had to I didn't have to live in Kenosha or Lubbock, Texas. Like I've been mm. lucky to find work near home. I've never had to leave my family. I've I married a girl, a woman who I met in high school and dated in college, and didn't have to have live, you know, across the country apart. That might have messed things up. I've, you know, I've in grand scheme of things, I've been very lucky. On the days where I don't like where I am, I, I, that still could be much, much worse. So mm-hmm.
2: you, you dated your wife in high school? Had not
0: you... in high school in college. It took me a while to break her, break her
2: down. Okay, so Whoa. you come out of college, you come out of Fordham, and you get a job in Kenosha. Would she have followed you?
0: Um. I don't know. That's, I you know we're a year apart.
2: When I graduated, she had
0: one year left, and I actually got really close to becoming the voice of uh, the
2: Kenosha Bears, the
0: Kalamazoo K Wings, and like the Is UHL. That right? Yeah, <laughs> it was like me and two other guys. Uh, I interview with the GM and everything like that. I mean, and so like we were that year. I was prepared to live in Kalamazoo by myself, and then we would have crossed that bridge, I guess, after her graduation. Right, but it never it never became a thing because I ended up not getting that job and always having work around
1: here. Never, ever having to move out of New York.
2: Mraz. if you end up doing weekend overnights... Wait, can
1: I, can I just pause you for one yeah. second and continue question? We discussed, and to bring this PGP full circle, about people doing extra work, and that's how we started this with D. and Baladi asking me. Uh, so in the process of taping this, I'm supposed to listen to a sportsman, so I simply just texted and Hey, can you listen to DA's minute on the ball, kids? The same minute we discussed earlier, there's no sponsor on it. His response, you're killing me. (laughs) (laughs) So you say, I don't want to do any extra work. I'm actually doing something for the show. I ask him to do, by the way, no labor. Just use his ear back in an office,
2: and he comes back with, you're killing me. So don't tell me it's only me. And he means it. Yes. All right. right? So you end up doing overnight uh, weekends and a couple of Christmas shifts and Thanksgiving shifts, and suddenly the overnight shift in Cleveland comes up. Can you ask Danielle? Well, can we move to Cleveland, or is that a non-starter? Like, no, we're not leaving.
1: We already have a, a prior agreement in place in which, we, in which this, if because she's in the middle of starting like a business and finishing school, so she cannot currently go anywhere. But she has said to me, in fact, this was just discussed last night again, huh. that if for whatever reason somebody calls in a market that is worth it for me to leave, so national you're way Radio, down the road of hosting here. I no, like no, that. no! This was something we've dis- <laughs> <laughs> something we've discussed since college when I knew I wanted to do this. Okay. And she's brought it up obviously again now that I am right hosting, which again feels weird to say. <laughs> that if now listen, if Kalamazoo called, probably not. But if a market like Cleveland called or or something else, Cleveland overnights, Cleveland overnights, she's had two,
2: three, the fan. She has affiliate.
1: told me, don't worry about me. And if I don't answer the phone, wow. if you get offered this, go and we will figure it out whether I have to join you in six months or a year if you have to go do a couple months by yourself. So she's willing to follow you. She's willing to follow me, but she says not right away based on the fact that she doesn't want us to move our whole lives there. And a month in, I turn around and go, boy, I hate it. I want to get back to New York. And then we have to pick up our lives and move again. But
2: her life doesn't have to be anchored in New York.
1: No, because a lot of what she does, she can do from another location. But her family
2: is here, her friends are here, right. so she's willing to pick she's up and leave. just
1: wanted to leave forever. Oh, okay. Uh, she always said she wanted to leave in an- live in another spot. But, again, she wouldn't go with me right away based on the fact that okay. if everything blew up in three weeks, she didn't want to have to move everything and, and up and go. Well,
2: that's a great girl. Yeah, for because sure. it's not like...
1: Now, that could be just a prelude of get you out of here in two months. I call you <laughs> coming. No, I moved in with a new guy. You're <laughs> yeah, out of here. Yeah. We'll see how that goes. I mean, I don't know, but that's what she said. <laughs> Let's give it one more month. Right. <laughs> sure. yeah. I have to tell you something.
2: <laughs> huh.
1: Well, that's interesting. Yeah. Boy, really revealing I private mean, and that, conversations and that, here. The
0: time to do anything like this is obviously now, because once you've got a kid, I mean, everything is
1: becomes exponentially harder to do. Exactly. Exactly. Now, the ultimate goal, I mean, you know, not have to leave New right. York. <laughs> right. But I, I'm not going to be that naive. You know, if that, if that happens, it happens. You know, it happens for people. A good Giannotti left. He came yeah, back. Yeah. Right. DA left a million times. He's mm-hmm. back here. Yeah. So if I got to do what I got to do, we'll see. Ultimately, though, I, you know, I would never like to leave the DA show.
2: He's just saying that. Overnights in Houston calls. Boy, you really view me as an overnight guy Sports huh? radio success well, first well, that's the just yeah, so the first job what's your first yeah, you could be drive time in Grand Rapids so
1: big market overnights they're going to have to cancel Amy Lawrence's show in <laughs>
2: well, a lot of these markets Well, you would just yeah, you would be on instead of her you yeah know, overnights in Houston I'm going you, you, I'm going to
1: Chinatown I got rocket season tickets
2: you got yeah, I could <laughs> ask you if you want to do <laughs> uh, you know. Mornings in Wichita, but you're probably middays not, in Winnipeg. Yeah, you're probably not leaving for mornings in Wichita.
1: I would agree with that. Yeah. So, yeah, overnight's a big city. I guess I'm, uh, is this a test? Are you trying
2: to push me out? No, not at all. Yeah, I guess, I guess I'm out and Kaplan's in the big chair would be I my just, <laughs> <laughs> Who would get Mraz's chair? Would Bilotti have to slide into that? Yeah, or he'd he, kill
1: himself. He'd here's yeah. the deal. That that would create an, an interesting dynamic, and this is really is, – we probably took the PGP too long, but we'll keep, keep with it for a couple more minutes. Yeah. I think you'd have a couple standard candidates. Okay. You'd have Kaplan, who's really established himself as the web guy and a former producer of the Dino Costa show on SiriusXM. Right. Plenty of experience. You have James Ward, producer of Sunday Morning Football, who's been a, the lead weekend producer and an assistant producer in the evenings for us for a long time. Who has been dying to get out of weekends and work with ACK? My Sunday morning football. Sunday person. morning football. So you have a direct. <laughs> getting away from ACK. No, it's much like. <laughs> this, this is much like the Giants' GM job. There's a lot of guys who are going to interview have been through that Giant clubhouse. There's a lot of guys who have been through the DA clubhouse who'd want that. So I think that guy's there. I think Tom DeCelestino would want to throw his name in that exactly ring. A guy unhappy with the Rome show who, at the very early days, was the number one backup to myself and Kenny Brock on the DA show. That's number three. And then you have Pete Bellotti. And Pete Bellotti has been passed over for job after job after job. You sound
2: like Mayock breaking down the 2018 quarterbacks. These are all the candidates. And then you have Bellotti. And I wonder
1: with Pete Audi because he would absolutely want that job. If he got passed over for one of those other very viable candidates, if you could turn around and look at him and he'd still stay the board op and associate producer of yeah. the show and be willingly happy to do so. I'm not sure he would be. So if you're not choosing Pete Audi and you're choosing <laughs> one of those other three, you're going to have to get a new board op too because I think Pete's out.
2: Yeah, it's like it's like passing over Adam Gates for the head coaching job and saying you're going to stay offensive coordinator. Right. I he don't doesn't think he want
1: to work. stay. He's going to go somewhere else. Now, if you ask me, I don't think I don't think there'd be any Higher from the outside, I think it would come down to one of those four guys. I you really You mentioned do.
0: D. Benedetto, who's a, I think, is really talented too. I
1: think D. Benedetto's very talented. The problem is not enough DA show ties. I think you, you okay. go to the from a, within. She's a true outsider. Right. Also, right, thanks, Ernie. Who knows?
2: Amy might not let him leave. That's a good because point, she's too. Fair, she loves
0: Tom. I don't know. Yeah, I don't know his contract status. Yeah. Well, his
2: contract status is he's locked in a basement and he's never yeah. getting out.
0: <laughs> <laughs>
1: That's where it's at.
2: So you need DA show ties. So it's, um, uh, it's like getting the... I almost uh, want to leave now just to see how this <laughs> unfolds. <laughs> it's like the Alabama job. Like, you better have coached under Saban to get that job. This is what will happen. DA decides, you know what, James Ward's my guy.
1: All right, Pete, I'm sorry you want to leave. Tom DeCelestino, come on the board. Two minutes later, I get the phone call. It's Pete. You need a producer for those overnights <laughs> in Houston? <laughs>
2: Are you going to do a side B or did we go too long?
1: here? Oh, uh, we went too long. This is going to be the first ever PGP where we did side A and side B all as one. We're already at forty minutes long for this podcast. So. Okay, how about I, that? How I about didn't know a different? If you one?
2: wanted to get anything specific out of Bogus,
1: you know what? No, nah, I got what I needed. <laughs> you know what? No, nah. we got uh, we need Bogus, how does it feel to be on the
0: BGP? Yeah, you know what? I'm, 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 I'm glad I guilted my way into the. No, you didn't. Podcast. You didn't. As a
1: matter of fact, Bilotti just didn't want to do it today. Oh, so, Yeah,
2: well wow. would you guys
1: do me a favor Sloppy though? Seconds.
2: I want Kaplan on the PGP. And Cap said he would only do it if somebody else was in here. So Bogus Do so you want me to pull Kaplan out for the next five minutes? No, no, no. no. I next week, oh, okay. can you have Bogish and Cap do it together? Yeah, absolutely. Because oh, we can
0: it- tell serious stories.
2: Yes. Yes. Okay. Yeah. All right. So we're getting Kaplan in next week. With Bulg-ish. Yeah, perfect. And that's our PGP next week. All right. That's the Permission Granted Podcast. Thanks for listening, everybody.
1: Like
2: Tune in is the audio platform with something for everyone. News. In order to secure convictions in a court of law, it is essential that we conclusively. Sports. That clock at four. Donchich.